I am excited about what I saw Tuesday night. I like Isaiah Thomas in Cleveland. Had a big impact on the game. First game with the Cavs. I think it's just going to get better and better. And I think it creates some real drama, uh, more than we had a week ago at least, as to what Cleveland can do against Golden State in the finals and what, of course, LeBron can do against Golden State. And that got me to thinking, who are the best five teammates of LeBron James's career. Isaiah Thomas, I can't put him in yet. I mean, he's only played 19 minutes with LeBron, but there are five others. And at number five, of course, Ray Allen. Look, I know he was 37 years old and well past his prime when he joined LeBron in Miami, but still, where would LeBron's legacy be without Ray Allen? Ray Allen hit arguably the biggest shot in NBA history, down 3-2 to the San Antonio Spurs, down three, 17 seconds left. Ray Allen hits that corner three-pointer that forces overtime and sets the stage for LeBron to have a tremendous game seven and win his second title in Miami. Ray Allen has to be given love as one of LeBron's greatest teammates. At number four, Kevin Love. Oh, how everybody loves to hate on Kevin Love. They look at his numbers in Minnesota, then look at his numbers in Cleveland and say he's not the same player. He's falling off. No, he hasn't fallen off. It is difficult to be consistent, especially consistently great, as a definite third option on a team. And that's what he was behind LeBron and Kyrie. But this year is the second option. He's played the best ball of his career. He's one of six players averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds a game. And I think he's played very well with LeBron this year. And I think people will appreciate that more as time goes on. At number three, Chris Bosh. Speaking of third options, I mean, Bosh gave up more offensively than any teammate LeBron has ever had. He went from averaging 24 and 11 his last year in Toronto to 16 and 7 his last two years with LeBron in Miami. But one thing Bosh realized as his offense was going down, I can make an impact defensively. And the trade-off for him will be probably a Hall of Fame induction and two championship rings, Chris Bosh at number three. At number two, Kyrie Irving. This man would probably or maybe be number one if he hadn't demanded a trade. That said, nothing can take away what Kyrie did for the Cavs and LeBron James. Of course, like Ray Allen, he hit what could be one of the biggest shots in NBA history, the three-pointer that gave the Cavs the victory in Game 7 over Golden State in maybe the most historic finals of all time. Only time someone's come back from a 3-1 deficit. The Cavs win their first major sports league championship for the whole city of Cleveland in 52 years. And then, of course, they beat the best regular season team in history. A lot of people will wonder, what would have happened if Kyrie had stayed in Cleveland with LeBron? What I wonder is what would have happened in 2015 if Kyrie had not injured his knee in game one against Golden State. I don't have to stretch the imagination to think Cleveland would have won that series. And finally, at number one, you probably know it, Dwayne Wade. People don't understand and appreciate the sacrifice that Dwayne Wade made when LeBron went to Miami in their second year, particularly when he decided to do it. But how many future Hall of Famers 
How many alpha dogs? David Robinson gave his team to Tim Duncan, but Robinson wasn't really that alpha dog like Dwayne Wade was. He gave up his team to LeBron because it was best for the Heat. It was their best chance of winning. That is rare. Dwayne Wade was a great teammate for LeBron James. Remember, Dwayne's reputation wasn't at stake. Nobody, he had already proven he could leave a lead a team to a championship. Nobody was questioning whether he had the courage or the heart in the clutch to lead a team to a title. They had those questions about LeBron. Dwayne stepped back, gave the team to LeBron, and then LeBron delivered and erased those questions. Great for his career, great for his legacy. And I'll even say this, even though Dwayne Wade's not what he used to be, if somehow, some way, Cleveland can win this title this year, you better believe Dwayne Wade will have a lot to do with it. And LeBron will have a lot of thanks to his main man, D-Wade, the best teammate LeBron's ever had. I want to welcome my man Jim Jackson into the zone, brother. It's always good to have you here. Ohio thing right that's here. Right, that's right. That's right. Do, do people know you used to who? Uh, I don't think they know I, that, I, do I they? I tell them every chance I get. <laughs> I, I posted I a, put up a picture of Chris <laughs> going to the basket back around the Cleveland area. They don't know. Well, you, I, I think they know you were like, I kind of refer to you as Ohio's first LeBron James. It, Seriously. In a, in a lot of ways, because I was bigger. Yeah, you, um, and you passed. Yeah. You had, you know, skills. So that's why I can I can relate to some of the things that LeBron does. When I watch him play, I can see a pass coming right away. Because we played, no, he's a much better athlete and mm -hmm. taller. But, I mean, at the time, I mean, that's one thing. You, you were 6'6". Yeah, playing point guard. Yeah, exactly. But you notice about being in the Midwest. One thing we do, we get taught to play defense, rebound, you pass. Um... You know, you go, you go do all and score, yeah. but you go have a complete all-around yeah. game. So it's not like one thing you do. In right. the Midwest, you get taught all of these different skill sets. So, it, right. I mean, it worked out for me. Not yeah, too bad. yeah. And in NBA, you became this huge score. Yeah, I know. It, it opened it was, up, you know. It, ironically, it was because, well, you know, my, my rookie year, I held out. Yeah. Um, but then when I got there my second year, man, we, 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 in Dallas, we basically had a CBA team, man. It was... No, we well, yeah, now y'all had all that talent. No, you, no, Jam no, you talking no, about when you no, first got man, there? My second year. Because Jamal came first. later. He came my second year. Okay. Quinn coached us. We won 13 games that year. <laughs> that, was a, so, that was with Quinn. Yeah. So it was. Imagine winning 13 games. So that means you win basically two games <laughs> a month. So yeah. how'd you and you and Quinn almost got in a fight? Yeah. What happened? So we we're playing the Clippers, right? We were playing the Clippers. Dominique was playing. Okay. For the Clippers. For the Clippers. Okay. And we we're playing here at the old sports arena. So end of the season, we're playing, and guys really don't want to play. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get it. Yeah, yeah I shoot like 37 times, <laughs> right? So Tony Campbell was on our team, yeah, Ohio okay. State hey, guy. We're, we're in the locker room after the game. Now imagine, set the scene. I'm in the locker room. We look, we lost again. I got on a tile, and I got on ice bags, and I'm sitting there. I'm talking to Tony. I'm like, man, we should have won this game. No way we should have lost. Blah, blah, blah. And Quinn walked by and was like, what'd you say? <laughs> I said, I was telling Tony we should have won the game. He said, no, you said something about me. I said, Quinn, I didn't say nothing about you. And he got, got up on me. So we go back and forth. I'm like, Quinn, if I was to say something, I would say it yeah, to your yeah. face. But he stepped up on me. I didn't know what he was going to do. <laughs> so I jumped up, ripped off my uh, ice bag, towel fell so down. I'm naked. I'm naked. And we about to go at it in the locker room. You know, but that's how, but, 
that's what happens in the losing locker room. It's to like the little things he misinterprets. Yeah. I'm upset. Now we're good friends today. We laugh yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But back then it was different because it was so much tension from the losing. How often? Because I've heard stories. It's not that unusual for a player and a coach to no. either get in a fight or at least come close to a fight, yeah, no, right? It's, How, not, it's not unusual. I mean, because it, it depends. I mean, it's we got egos, coaches got egos. It's things we think as players we need to get done, whether I'm playing or especially if you're not, if a guy is disgruntled and unhappy, it boils to a point. Now, again, it's not college. So within 30 games, you might be done. You're talking yeah, about 82-game yeah. season, and this could be going on for a couple years maybe. So it's not – I'm not going to say it's rare because it's not. Yeah. Now, guys will verbally get into it a yeah. lot. Rarely do you see kind of coach player really – Like fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. Okay. But you will have some exchanges. I mean, because you know, I have exchanges in the family atmosphere, yeah, let alone yeah. with people that I'm just getting to know. So yeah. um, it, it's not rare, the exchange part of it. Now, you played with Jason Kidd, uh -huh. his rookie, well, rookie his yeah, early yeah, rookie, rookie year, year. some earlier. Uh -huh. I've been one, and a lot of people compare Lonzo Ball to him. Yeah. What do you think of that comparison? Is it fair? Well, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a fair comparison from a couple different standpoints. One, you got size as a point guard. 6'4", mm -hmm. six, six, Lonzo 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, okay? J. Kidd is 6'4", but, but thicker. Um, the ability to see the court, mm -hmm. to get their teammates involved, very similar. The similarity of really not being able to shoot consistently from the perimeter. Now, the difference being, I said this before, Lonzo Ball was more of a willing shooter okay. to shoot it. Yeah. J. Kidd, which we had to, you know, kind of get J. Kidd to, to force him to shoot it. Okay? Um, his ability to affect the team mentally because you know you're going to get it, so I'm going to run harder. Okay. I love playing with him. He's a great person. All those things yep. are very similar. The difference is, J. Kidd, he affected the game on the defensive end a lot different. He, got, he played the passing lanes and got over screen and rolls for a rookie. Yep. He did some things on the court defensively that separates him from Lonzo, and um, he was a better finisher when he got to the basket. Because okay. at times you see Lonzo right now, he'll get to yep. the cup. But he's not finishing. Yeah. J. Kidd, I mean, get to the basket. And one more thing, J. Kidd, 94 feet, when he got it, he's pushing. he was a blur. So he played at a different tempo. When Lonzo plays at that tempo, not only is he better, but the Lakers are better. Mm -hmm. So he has to figure out how to marry those two, two things. But, you know, very similar but very different in some aspects. You think, are you one that thinks Lonzo will be a star? Well, I think he can be a star. Be a good whether he's a superstar a transcendent player, I don't know. But I do know that, Kristen, you've been around this for a long time. What the Lakers need from him is 12 to 15, yep. 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Okay? Because yep. you got Ingram that's scoring. Now Kuzma's scoring. You got Nance that can score. You got Clarkson coming in. Mm -hmm. So if he can knock down, consistently knock down some shots, just get comfortable. Yep. Increase his free throw percentage. Now he's able to do this, and he's going to get guys the ball. He has scores around him, so we're not expecting him to be. And, again, I think you've got to change your narrative because the narrative has been Damon Lillard, right. Russell Westbrook, Kyrie or Irving, um, Laurie, all these point guards that can score. So you're trying to compare Alonzo to them. He's not them. Yep. 
You know, so you got to change your narrative when you look at who he should be mm-hmm. compared to these other players. One thing, I just want to ask you this about Jay Kidd, because mm-hmm. I've had players tell me he was not verbal he on the court. He wasn't. Which is, un- we think, and I know he was a good leader, right. but talk about that, because guys told me he wasn't verbal. He was, obviously, his strength was getting up and yeah. down, but his strength wasn't even, I've heard some tell me, running the half-court offense. Well, no. Because he wasn't verbal. Well, you know what? It, the good the good part, and that's where Lonzo is like it, too. Lonzo's not, yeah, yeah. he's stoic he's when you see him on the court, but... Fortunately for us, when I was there in Dallas, Dick Mata, offensive genius. I mean, I, I was averaging 26, yeah. Masters averaging 25. Easiest 26 ever because the system was built off reads. Almost like what, was they, it, what, what kind of system was it? Well, it was almost like what they ran in Utah with Carl okay. Malone and with John Stockton. It was a lot of UCLA cut, rub cups. You hit the wing, and whatever side the guard went in, on off the elbow – is what play was going to be. So Jay Kidd really didn't, or I could run it. So you okay. really didn't have to be as vocal because it was a read. Okay. If I hit the wing and I went on the inside, that meant one thing. If I hit the wing and went on the outside, it meant something else. So now everybody else reacted. So Jay Kidd, from that perspective, didn't have to vocally do this. I was more the one of a talk because that's just, that's just how it was my whole career. Okay. I mean, I was the one doing all a lot of that stuff. So it complimented, you know, all our skill sets okay. at that offense when, um, you know, Dick Motto was there. Now, you said you averaged 26 that year, fifth in mm-hmm. the league. That was your third year. Fourth. Fourth year. No, fourth, fourth in, in the, the league. league. <laughs> Just to let me know. Yeah, fourth in the league. <laughs> and then you yeah. had the ankle injury. Yeah. And I look at your careers, I think, I feel like that ankle injury kind of derailed up. you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was it. Now, we're going to get to the Cavs, but Derrick Rose is battling with, he's injured. Yeah. Although I think really the battle is like, Mentally. I've been a superstar my whole career oh, yeah. Yeah. from the time I started playing basketball mm-hmm. to now, I think he's having trouble handling just being a pretty good player but not a star. How did how tough is that? Because you had to go through that yeah. from being this potential superstar right. to, you know, just a just really average, good player. Yeah, average not, player. Yeah. Um, I mean, a good part between me and Derrick Rose, he got big contracts, okay? He got, <laughs> he got the big contract. <laughs> he got the Adidas right deal. <laughs> so, you know what? He can be mad all he wants, but then when he go check that bank account statement, it's like, oh, okay, they that still coming in. <laughs> Make it a little bit better. So, you don't have to go play for a contract. I would, got, got, after I got hurt and got out of Dallas, I was playing for contracts. So, you're, so, so I got hurt. My, that was before the rookie scale. So, it was before the rookie scale, so I was still on my original six-year deal. So, this okay. is my third year. Okay. And 51 games into the season is ironic, too. We're playing in New Jersey. And, it, and back then, it was these Hirachi shoes. Oh, really yeah, soft that Michigan Hirachi was wearing. Shoes. So Nike yeah. wanted me to wear them. And I was like, man, I, I, you know, we're superstitious as, yeah. as, as athletes. You know that. I, I always wore my same shoes. And, I'm, and I'm, at, I'm warming up, and I'm like, these shoes are too soft. I, I need to change them. I said, you know what? I'm going to go through the first half, and I'm going to change at halftime. Manya just come off a 44-point game the other night against Washington. Kill ways, kill <laughs> But so I'm saying at halftime, I'm going to change my shoes. Within seven, eight minutes of the game is when I tore up my ankle. You know, coming across on Chris Williams, I stepped on, uh, on uh, Jason Williams' foot. Mm. So mm. now back then, too, so it was a third-degree sprain. They said it would have been better if I would have broke it. Mm. Because it, it would have healed. Is that the kind Brent, Grant Hill had? Well, he had the pin. He broke his and he had pins in his. Okay. But they okay. said it would have been it would, it would have healed better. Bone heals better than ligament. Once the ligament is stretched, anytime you sprain an ankle, you stretch a ligament. Yeah. 
but it's the degree in which you stretch it. So I'm a, I'm a right-handed player. I go off my left foot. I have no explosion. So that whole, and this is getting to Derrick Rose, I'm at the cusp of being, I'm at the fourth leading score. I'm the top yeah. scoring guard in the league. Now, again, Michael Jordan wasn't in the league at that time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you had Shaquille, Carl Malone, Elijah Wan, me. Oh, you're the top, yes. You know, and right then big. MASH. Yeah. Okay, so we're right there. And when that happens, you figure, okay, rehab, you get it together. But the rehab back then and therapy, not like it is now. So it took so much longer, and I lost strength in my knee, my, 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 to this day, I still got atrophy kind of really? in my, my thigh. And, um, but the mental part of going from you're at this high level, okay, yep. to not playing there anymore is people don't understand I it. It is, and it, it's a catch-22, too, because I always think about what day I never got a chance to play in the playoffs when I was at my best, yep. when I was kind of like, in the spot the to man. do something. Yep. So I can only imagine what that feels like. I never had it. Yep. Derrick Rose was at the high. I still see that dunk when he dunked on, uh, I forget who it was for Phoenix, all two feet. Jogic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it just, that was him. Yeah, yeah. And then to go from that in a, in a period of time where it was injury after injury, and now people questioning your game, they're questioning this. You're questioning whether you can still get it done. Yep. You have your highs and lows. I talked about the contract, throw it out the window because it don't mean anything. As much as I was joking about it, because internally you, all about you, feel, you still feel you have something to prove and you can be viable, viable and valuable, but you're not the same player. How long was it before you accepted, okay, yeah. I'm, a, you know, I'm not going to be that star. Let me do what I can. The next year when I came back. You averaged 19. I averaged I think, 19. The next year, now, yeah. now, and I started off at 15. The back half of the season, I averaged about 23. So I said, okay. Okay. You think you're I, I think I'm I think I'm getting there, but I knew my limitations because it was times, Chris, I would I would run the court and I would slow down because I couldn't I knew I couldn't catch, explode off my left foot and go up wow. without a pain shooting through my knee. So I would end up um slowing down to try to go off two feet. And I remember one time we we're playing when I knew you know, some of the stuff was going on. We played the Chicago Bulls. Game going back and forth. We run an out-of-bounds play. And uh, I get it, and I miss it. I can see teammates and everybody, and we end up losing in overtime. Yeah. That's when I start to see things. That it was different. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you played against Jordan mm -hmm. and Kobe. Yep. How do you compare playing against both of those guys? I mean, uh, uh, the problem, see, the thing is in the league, when you're that good, you can't guard anybody one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible. It, even with the rules is back then when you can you be could, physical, yeah, yeah. you got to have good help. I don't care. When I was scoring, I was going to get my points because yeah. I was going to have volume shots. I was going to get to the free throw line. So my whole thing was how can I make you less efficient? Okay. I'm like, oh, stop, because you're going to touch it too many times. It's just mm -hmm. what, what I loved about them was they made you compete at a high level because they brought it from the beginning, okay? okay? Um, the aura around Michael when I first played, I tell you, when the first time I played against Chris, it was, it was funny because I've I'm, I'm known him before then. Okay, so you knew him personally. Yeah, working at his basketball camp uh, when I was coming out of college. 
Uh, he actually called me before when I was getting drafted, trying to you know get me to go to David Falk. But it was funny. I played against him because my rookie year, he was gone. Yep. Okay, well, I by the time I got there, after holding out, we had already played Chicago. Okay. So my second year was the 93, 94. So I mean, that was his first retirement. First retirement. Okay. So when I finally got a chance to play against him on the court, I swear to God, man, it was like, I wasn't scared because I, I can compete, but it was surreal. It was like when nobody else on the, in the arena, you <laughs> couldn't hear no noise. It was just me and him. The yeah. crowd was gone. It was it was a weird moment. Yeah, yeah. Because this is somebody, you know, you looked well, up to I, and you yeah. saw, and you finally got to get on the court and play with. And at that time, the Bulls just seemed like they were different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that was was that the year they won seventy two? Yeah. It, yeah. it just it just they just felt when they walked in the building, it just felt different. Wow. You know what I mean? It was their NBA and then it was ours, which <laughs> <laughs> is totally different. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Did he now when you went against him? Did he treat you like you a know, rookie? I know or, you, you, I know you but so what? Right no, nah, walk right at me. And we used to have epic battles of talking back and forth. Really? Yeah. Oh, epic. So battles. you were a trash talker? Oh, big time. If you talk to me. Okay. So, uh, ironically, when we got traded to Jersey, me and Sam Cassell, the '96, '97 season, we. Uh, Beat him. Was that the year in the playoffs? No, no. It was it okay. was the regular season. Okay. John Calipari was the rookie coach. Yeah. Um, we beat him in Jersey. I had like 25, 20, Sam at 20. Yeah. Oh, no, we talking. We go back to Chicago, and we playing, and I'm guarding Mike, and we talking. <laughs> so he hits a nice little fadeaway. He's running to the corner, and Steve Javi, the official at the mm. time, is talking. Mike was like, man, why you didn't call the foul? You should have called a foul. Steve was like, and we standing in the corner. Yeah. Steve was like, well, I thought you was going to blow by him. I said, blow by who? I said, I can guard him. He said, JJ, you can't guard me. I said, mm, you can't guard yeah. me. So we start going back and forth. But I ended up with 33. He had 28. I think we lost. But after the game, uh, we're walking out the huddle. And Joe Klein, who yeah, played with the Bulls before he was with us in Jersey, said, man, leave my – my young fellow, he said, no, me and J.J. cool, but tell him that's why he's wearing my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing in jump? I was playing in jump, man, at the time. I said, yep, and I'm not changing it either. <laughs> yeah, but, we used to, but that, it was the best, man. And Kobe, Kobe, and I, I don't think, I, I think, what do you think about Kobe? Where do you think he ranks? I did my top ten right. when he got his jersey retired. I had him seventh. Okay. Now, I get my top ten. At ten, I had. Uh, I, I'll go in the other one. Okay. I had Jordan number one, okay. uh, LeBron two, Kareem three, uh-huh. Magic four, Wilt five, Shaq, Shaq six. You had Shaq before Kobe. Because, uh, the reason, the way I picked between those two, because I had Kobe seven, was if I had to start a team, okay. I would take okay, Shaq. Okay, take yeah. Shaq. Uh, eight was Russell, Bill Russell. Right. Nine was Bird, and ten was Duncan. Duncan, yeah. I mean, that's, here's the thing about, and I say this about Kobe, or we say the greatest player. When you talk about the greatest player, Kareem, his name gets brought up, but it's not with the same fervor, yep. not with the same yep. energy. Kobe the same way. And my take on it is this, is that they're two very similar people, personalities. Kobe and Kareem? Yes, because during their tenure, during their career, it was contentious with the media, and people didn't really like them. Yep. So when you don't like a person like that, you're not going to really... That's true. Pull for them or give them the benefit of the doubt in certain things. Because there's no way that you talk about the greatest winner 
ever is Kareem from high school, yeah. college to the NBA. Yeah, it's most MVPs. Most MVPs. MVP. You changed the game of no dunking in college because of him. Okay, <laughs> the most unstoppable shot in the history of the game was Kareem. Yeah, all time leading. But yet and still, we don't hold him in that same regard as a Jordan, LeBron. Yeah, because he didn't have the fascination or he didn't have the likability factor from media and a lot of fans. Yep. Same thing with Kobe. Kobe, you think about what he was able to accomplish. Five championships. He only had one MVP. Should have got it in 06. Yeah, that's crazy. He should have yeah, got it went back-to-back years yeah. when uh, Steve And sh- him got and Shaq it. only got two I know. combined. Now, I played with Steve and Nash, Nash when they got two. it back-to-back. Okay. When Kobe, that second one, Kobe should have got he should have got. Yeah. He had 30 plus points. Like and eight. he wasn't even, because I think Shaq finished second in the voting that well, year. And Kobe, did they make the playoffs? Was that the year? I played on the team. We lost it. We were Kobe. up 3 1 oh, that's on when Phoenix you're... and lost. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> was that, that, that wasn't the year he, he stopped shoot. shooting? Yeah, that it was, was fourth quarter. Okay, so what's your take on that? Because some you know, people think you know, you I didn't, really, I didn't realize it. Me and Aaron McKee, we sitting there watching, basically. I played <laughs> the game, but yeah, not really yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because during the course of the game, because of the flow was going, I didn't really catch it that he wasn't shooting because I was so much trying to yeah, watch yeah, the game. Yeah. Next thing you know, I, I was like, he, he didn't. <laughs> if you know what I mean? I just, yeah, yeah. I was checked out anyway from this perspective because we were up 3-1. Mind you, I just came from Phoenix earlier that year, so I knew all the intricate stuff. Yeah. But they didn't want to hear from me. <laughs> I was like, man, I can give you a blueprint. Out of it. We were up 3-1. Smush Parker started the trip. Because he was locked down on Steve Nash for four games. Then Smush started to trip, and they didn't quell it. I said, guys, we got to win game five in L.A. No, it's in Phoenix. We got to win it. We lost it. So we come home game six. Once again, we don't want to go back to Phoenix for game seven. Wow. Go back for game seven. We lose, our moving company. Hey, listen, next week, come get my stuff. Because uh, we, there's no way we was going to beat them. And, yeah. and, um, you knew. I knew it. And we got yeah. drilled. Yeah. Yeah. We, got, uh, we got drilled. Mm. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a weird time because, like I said, I didn't realize he, he wasn't shooting in the fourth quarter until it was like the game was almost yeah, over. Yeah. It was like, oh, Kobe didn't even. I mean, he may have been sending a point. He never discussed it. He never did. Nobody talked. So it sounds to me like you got Kareem 1 and Kobe 2. Well, no. I didn't, <laughs> no. no. Le, it's going to be tough to deny LeBron once it's done as to Over me. Over Jordan, you think? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. See, I think what LeBron – not. I don't think he's just going after stats right now, but I do think part of him understands I'm not going to get six. And even if I do, I've lost a lot of finals. Yeah. Right? So I'm not going to equal Jordan in terms of winning, but I can hold everything dwarf else. him yeah, oh, yeah, in terms of individual yeah. Here's the thing, though. If LeBron plays, let's say his prime goes 17 or 18 years, right. and he's only got three rings, at some point it, people might look at it like, well, you played all these years in your prime, and you still only got three rings, you know? Well, but is it about the That could the work against him. Kareem got a bunch Kareem of rings. got six. He got bunch. Right? I just think that's a part of it. I don't think it's just about the rings. Well, I think that's if, a part of it. If it's just a part of it, then what's going to be the separator then? If if you take Mike's six, and say LeBron gets one more. Okay. So that'll be one, two. Four. That'd be four. He's two behind. But he holds all the other records. He's been able to take multiple teams to a final. He hasn't had the best talent all the time, you know, early on. Yeah, yeah. 
So what's going to be the separator? What's going to be the what, what, what's going to make you skew towards Michael or skew towards LeBron if it's not just built on champion? Because the argument on championships, you go give it to Mike. But everything else, we ain't seen what yeah, we see with like LeBron. LeBron. Nothing like LeBron. Nah, it's it's so where you got Kobe then? Um, I got I got Kobe in my top ten. I got him around for what he's accomplished, around six. Okay. I mean, okay. I still I love Duncan. Duncan is different because Duncan has to rely on the centers are always hard exactly. because you got to rely on somebody to give you the ball. Yep. Yep. You know, with a guard, you can go get it. Yep. A center, you're so re- relied upon. I, I need to get post position. I need to get this. And you need a good guard. And you need a good guard. With a you know, so it's it's a little bit different. But I, I mean, I played with Kobe at his attitude, man. His the way he approached and attacked yeah. the game was just crazy. What was it? Talk about being his teammate. Because, you know, you hear well, he's so hard too. driving. Okay, so it was, was different for you. So we had a di- matter of fact, he still owed me $500 for a shooting game. And I told him <laughs> that last year. And, you know, um, but I was older. So I, he had, he respect, had a different level of respect for yeah. you. Yeah. But I could tell, you know, people, teammates walked around on eggshells around him a little bit because he was so demanding in some aspect. But I think... You know, the ironic part is that you come to this sense of reality of finalization yeah, as you yeah. get older and that your career is winding down. And you start to look back at who you were as a person and you mature and you do things a little bit differently. Yeah. When I was on the team, we would be on the team playing. We sit up front. Kobe kind of was sitting in the back, kind of separated. Okay. So it's tough to be a leader when you're not really interacting with the group like that. You know, after mm-hmm. practice, guys mess around in the locker room, Kobe be out wow. so during a, a tough situation in the game when you need it's really hard for somebody that's disconnected on a social and personal level I'm not saying you got to be best friends. yeah man. yeah yeah bird and Mikhail weren't best yeah. friends but you have to have some kind of interaction team-wise and I think as he got older in his career he realized that's the part that uh, probably was missing for him yeah you know and, and I say this too he was dealing with a lot think about this and I, and I said this his last game, when he scored 60, what was it? 60 I, I, on 50 shots. Yeah, I was at the, I was at the game. I was about to leave in the third quarter. I was like, hold up. This <laughs> last game and his retirement celebration. Yeah, the jersey retirement. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. anything that was missing? His parents. That's right. Yeah. Think and about, that was around, was that around the time when you were well, there? That it, yeah. They kinda, I mean, because you had the issue with his mom with the memorabilia yeah, selling the stuff. Yep. You know, some riffs going on in regards to the father. I knew his sister really well. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, at the beginning, they were always at the game. Yep. So imagine the career he's had. You deal with the incident of Denver. Yep. yep. You got the incident. Now you got the whole family makeup. So you, last game of your career, no acknowledgement. Nobody's there from your family. Yep. Your retirement jersey, your retirement um, celebration. Yep. Nobody's there. So you never know what a guy is dealing with internally of why he may isolate yeah. himself and be secluded. Kobe came from Italy, came to Philly, didn't fit in. Basketball was his refuge. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm going to get it done. Didn't relate to the neighborhood guys that much. So what do you do? Seclude himself. Yeah. You go right to the NBA. You don't have a chance to go to college to kind of get that broadened perspective of team. Yeah. Yeah. You go to the NBA at 18. Grown men, you, you have no relate relationship with them, or how can you relate? So what do you do? You isolate yourself. 
That's so people point. don't really look at it like that in regards to his path yep. and why he did things. And I kind of understood it. I was fortunate to spend time with Kobe. We'd go out to eat and talk. And people, bodyguards looked at me like, you know, Kobe don't do this. You know, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm a team. I love going out with my teammate. Yeah. But I got a better, not that we talked about everything yeah. in depth, but I got a better sense of why and how and the thought process. Yeah. So yeah. I, I look at him a lot differently. Yeah, that that's some interesting stuff. Cause um, one thing that in covering the league for over twenty years, yeah. one thing that always surprised me, and this this is not, it wasn't every case like this, mm-hmm. but you know, growing up in high school and college, your best friends are your teammates, yeah. right? Yeah. That's who you hang mm-hmm. with. And I notice in the pros, a lot of times, not that guys aren't friends, but it's not like college. Yeah, we got family. Yeah, so because I was the like, guys don't yeah. always hang together like no. their best friends or their teammates. No. You think it's just because well, guys got yeah, family? Yeah, well, you think think about what LeBron did with with Cleveland and Miami. He tried to be so inclusive yep. to get guys to do that. Yeah. When I, I, you know, going through what I went through in my career, being traded, free agent, um, you kind of lose the love of the game, and you you do it subconsciously without even thinking about mm-hmm. it because you're always trying to figure out where's your place. What, what do you have to do? Then something else comes up. So yeah. I was fortunate that as a free agent, I went to Sacramento. And that's where I gained the love of basketball back because of our team. Okay. Vladi was a straight clown. Loved him <laughs> to death. Scott Pollard, great yeah, teammate. Yeah, yeah. Mateen Cleese, Damon Jones, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, Bobby Jackson, Chris C. <laughs> Webb. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ke- Keon Clark. <laughs> but our makeup made it so we would all hang out, okay. which was rare. Yeah, We would get together. It'd be packs of us. Same thing when I went to Phoenix, where we would hang. Our managers would hang with yeah. us. So it's rare, but it does happen. When it happens, it's special. And you, you figure out, okay, now I see why this team is so good. Yeah, Because whatever's going on sometimes outside of that, but we would always figure out, especially on the road, okay, Maybe a group of guys over here, group, but then we end up together. We yeah. go to movies, go out to dinner. Okay, you know what I mean. And yeah. and it's rare, because in professional sports you got families, you got all this other stuff going on. That soon as you 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 know you leave the practice facility, guys go about yeah. their own way. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good stuff, man. Let's get to some of the modern, okay. the current NBA. What's going on? Isaiah Thomas made his debut yeah. Tuesday against Portland. Oh, you know what? A lot of people say they're surprised that he came back and played the way he did. Mm-hmm. I'm not from the perspective that you got so much enthusiasm, energy, that you will call and play hard. Now, yeah. how you play after that? How, do you, how does your body respond, okay, to the, wear, the more wear and tear once that adrenaline level comes mm-hmm. down? He's playing on straight adrenaline, yeah. okay? Yeah. And plus, guys haven't seen him play in a while, so they, they oh yeah, I remember, but I they ain't seen him. So now the scouting report ain't there. Okay. They know what he want, wanted to do, but it's a different situation here in Cleveland than it was in Boston when he was the primary ball handler. Yeah. So I was happy for him because you could see that sense of relief of finally I'm back on the court. And I think you saw the good body language you know, from the Cavs. Yep, I agree. Oh, we got another playmaker. Now, how he moves forward, especially on back-to-back games, is going to be important because your body has to go through that transition of getting acclimated to playing that hard, mm-hmm. that fast, in a short time period. But I thought the debut, come on, man, you can, what was it, 17, 17 points in 19, 19 minutes? Yep, yep. Plus 17 with him on the floor. That, that's what I'm saying. Yep. So yep. it's, and it, again, I'm pro players from that perspective because I've been hurt before. Yep. And I get it. 
you know. What what do you think will be the biggest obstacle to him and LeBron excelling together? Or you think it'll be simple? Well, it's never simple when you're used to handling the ball. You play point, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Imagine the ball it's being out, yeah, you got imagine the ball being <laughs> out of your hand. Yeah. Okay. In situations where last year in Boston, which was tough because it was easier to guard Boston last year because you knew Isaiah was a playmaker. So you can that's why, you know, Cleveland you could take him out of it. Yeah. Because yep. he had no one else. But he was so used to having to do this, mm-hmm. get guys mm-hmm. in. This year, it's gonna be a little bit different. But I think he's ex- I don't we don't know yet, but I think he's accepted his role in regards to he knows that at times he's going to have it. Yeah. But at times, I can be as effective on the wing after LeBron swings it to me than I can catch and go. So that's yeah. a different mindset. I think they can be better. Now, Kyrie was the best player in that trade. Yeah. But I think when you add in Jay Crowder, um, I think they could be better than they were last year. What's, what's your thought on that? The, the team is much better. So you think Cleveland's yeah, team, think, they obviously the bench, what, too. What, yeah, think bench about the, the manipulation the lineups you can have. If you really want to go at Golden State mm-hmm. and force them to have to guard you, you can have five three-point shooters. You can have LeBron, Isaiah, Corver, yeah. Kevin Love, and who am I missing? Maybe J.R. Crowder or, 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 I mean, or J.R. Or Crowder or J.R. So now you yep. got five guys. Yep. But you can spread out. Jeff Green can. Now, if you want to go a little bit bigger, more physical, you can have D-Wade. Say LeBron is off the court, which was an issue at times. But you got D-Wade, IT, Tristan. Okay, you can have JR in there. You know what I mean? That can defend and do some. And Jeff Green. So you got more lineups depending on what you want to do. If you want to play more of a bigger physical and have LeBron get some rest, you can still have enough scoring punch to do something without losing it. But now we can be more physical and mm-hmm. rebound. If you want straight shooters, I can go with this lineup. Yep. So I think this year they've manipulated it enough where now they, they're not just stuck with one. I'll tell you who benefited the most with Isaiah being out is Kevin Love. Yep, exactly. I mean, I I think some of the, I think one the move to center was huge. Mm-hmm. But I also think him being the definitive second option. Yeah. You know, like, you mm-hmm. know it's coming to you a certain number of times. Yep. It's hard to get yours as a third option yep. consistently. Yeah. So th- that would seem, though, to change with Isaiah coming back. This I don't think you have to run as much for Isaiah. You don't. Yeah, because he's he going to get his. He's going to get his. And But think about this, too, though. You can still run Kevin Love with he and IT in the pick and roll. Yep. See, when it swings to the wing with LeBron – Attracting attention over here, Kevin Love just whips out. Mm-hmm. You isolate, you open up the uh, strong side quarter, you clear it out. So now it's a two-man game going on. How you go guard it? Yeah. So now you can do that. And, and now you trust Kevin Love a lot more because you've seen him put it together as a primary second option yep. during the course of the year. So you think – you sound like you think they got a decent oh, no, shot against I, Golden State. I do State. because when they beat Golden State, they were able to be more physical. Yep. You think about the lineups I talked about – these guys can be physical in the playoffs, as you know. They're going to let you get away with stuff, in particular, off the ball. See, where they were physical with Golden State, it wasn't when Steph got it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Steph and Clay, when they had to fight off the picks, it disrupt the timing. That's when they kind of threw Golden State yeah, off a little yeah. bit. And, and now I think Cleveland has the players to do it. You know, you ain't going to stop Durant, bro. Yeah. It, it just yeah. – just some dudes you just not going to stop. <laughs> but – the other guys, I think you can make them less efficient 
And win, again, you got to think yeah. about how you go. I always think about this, Chris. How can I win in a seven-game series? It's not two, not yeah. one. How can I win in seven games? And they and they kind of built the lineup. I think if they stay healthy, that this could be re- real intriguing. You feel like it's definitely Golden State versus oh, Cleveland yeah. in the finals, no question. Yeah. Because Houston, Houston doing the same thing that we, that we figured out they'll do. Yeah. Defense go fail. I love Chris Paul being there. He's gonna be able to guard a lot mm-hmm. better from the point guard position. But because the emphasis for D'Antoni is not on correcting little things during the course of the year, that it comes back to haunt you <laughs> later on. Again, one game, Houston better watch out. Two yeah, ga- yeah. If it was a five-game series like it used to be back in the yeah. day in, in the first three, few rounds, two out of three, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, but a seven-game series, I got I to gotta rely on my mind to say Houston is going to be disciplined enough mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. seven games, in mm-hmm. a seven-game series. Now, what do you think about Oklahoma? They've turned one twelve of their last seventeen. You think they can be a threat in Just the West? Imagine if they're the fourth or fifth yeah. in the West. Yeah, I think they beat Minnesota. Oh in yeah, four Big, five. that's what I'm saying. But yeah. th- that's perfect for them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's perfect. Now, if you're Golden State, you really don't want to see them. At four. Second round. You see what I'm saying? You, you got to exert a lot you of energy. Exert a in lot of, and it's going to be a, it's emotional energy because of Durant and Westbrook. Yeah. So you're going to be, you're going to have to answer these questions. Forget about the game part of it. Anything that goes on between Westbrook, like we yeah, saw before, yeah, yeah. you're going to have to answer it. So mm-hmm. not only are you dealing with the physical aspect of just two teams that got talent mm-hmm. going on, you got to deal with the mental part of it. Okay? That's and true. that wears you down. So you rather. Not to go and say they're scared of them, yeah. but you'd rather have them be in that fifth position than that I fourth. Agree. Or agree. bump up the three. Yep. yep. <laughs> you or, know what I, mean? I mean, Houston could get the one, the one seed. I think Golden State will, but, you know, because yeah. I don't think Golden State is too concerned. I think they want the one, but I don't think they're too, too concerned, concerned about winning the most games. You know what I mean? Where you see San Antonio fitting in? I think they'll stay in that third, third slot. Spot. And I think look, they're dangerous. You yeah. can never write them off. But I, I think Oklahoma City's athleticism would get to them. Because yeah. that's what they – when they had Durant, it was the same way. And now you got George. You know, you know it's funny, though. I, I thought, to me, we talked about this, that the hardest transition would be for Paul George, not Carmelo. Okay. Because Carmelo is more settled into his career, mm-hmm. more catch and shoot. He's comfortable being in that position where Paul George is still trying to figure out who he is as a superstar in this league. He still feels in his mind that he can carry a team. So him going to OKC and some of the struggles, I said, it's going to take some time, you know, for him to be comfortable in that space because in his head, he's still a number one. I don't care if we say Russ is number (laughs) number one in his head. Yeah. So, yeah. but it slowly started. Think about the components. Steven Adams doing this thing. I mean, they're big. I would yeah. hate to see them. Yeah, nah, I agree. The only thing they don't really have is depth. Yeah, they don't have depth. That's it. That's but, the problem. So, you play with Iverson, mm-hmm. who's been compared to Westbrook. I think there's some similarities. Yeah. How challenging is it to play with a guy that's, you know, like that? I had a ball playing with AI. Okay. I, honestly, um, the challenge is the that you that he thinks he can do it by itself but it goes back on the organization too because the organization think about how they flipped the script they traded tim thomas they traded jerry stackhouse this is is in philly i got traded um 
So they surrounded him, and this is not knocking any guys. You had Eric Snow, yeah. Aaron McKee, Tyrone Hill, George Lynch. George Lynch. You had Joe Smith in there, you, but yeah. you had complimentary yeah. guys that didn't need the ball. They did all the dirty work, and they let AI be AI. Yeah. Again, the game was different at that time because you could be more physical and the three-point shot wasn't as prevalent. Yeah. But they built the team around AI that complemented what he wanted to do. Same thing with OKC. You know, you, you got to go back a little bit. This team was built early on when Durant was there to compete with San Antonio mm -hmm. and L.A., be big and physical. Then here come Golden State. They threw a wrench yep. in, in the <laughs> equation, and OKC was – not built to beat them, even though they were up 3-1. Yeah. Now, fast forward, you can't expect Russ to be anything but Russ. So either you're going to figure out with this after this year with Paul George, if he's going to stay or not. Mm -hmm. If he's not, you got to build a team around him. One, you got to give him another shooter. Okay? Yeah. you got to get a quality backup that can come in and spare him his minutes. Mm -hmm. That's not going to hurt you. But build a team around that. If that's who you're going to be, you're not going to be Golden State. Yeah. You're not going to be Houston. Okay? Yeah. Not going to be Cleveland. You're going to be OKC. Figure out who you want to be first of all and build that team around Russ if that's what you're going to do. What were mentioning Iverson? What's your best AI story that you can tell? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I got, I mean, I tell you what, AI used to come to, come to the game with McDonald's, man. Even I mean, in Mac, the oh, in the locker, French fries, Big Mac. I mean, and, he, and after every game, he loved to go to Fridays, too. Yeah. I yeah. love to go to Fridays, right? But, I mean, that I'm like. on City, City Road. Yeah, 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 the blue line, yeah, yeah. everything out there. He just, dog, he can go hang and do what he wanted to do. But one thing AI never did, he didn't miss games, man. Yeah. And if he was tired, it didn't matter. He was bringing it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I was just like, man, this dude is different. <laughs> no, yeah. seriously, I mean, the way he competed. You know, and I used to go back and forth with him a lot of times. Like, dog, you, you and Larry Brown, this thing, you're not going to beat him. But yeah. figure out within your game how you get your game off. Yeah. Run pick, more pick and rolls. Do this. You ain't going to win that battle. And it was headstrong between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. But eventually AI, once they figured it out, he always talks in reverence, high regard yeah, right. to Larry Brown It was now. his best year. Yeah. You know. Now, so Larry, <laughs> I heard playing for Larry – I mean, obviously, he's a great coach. Yeah. But, you know, players, you want to get up and down and scrimmage, right? Stop everything. I heard he's yeah, stopping stop every 10 every seconds. Time. Like, that must have been so frustrating. Stopping. <laughs> and great. I mean, but, yeah, and, and funny trade story. So I'm playing. And, and again, he's, I, I, I had the great opportunity to play for Larry, yep. Jeff Van Gundy, um, Phil Jackson, Pat Riley. Wow. You know, yeah. I um, those four right there, upper echelon, you know, coaches. Um, but I'm in Philly, and before a shoot around, they already traded Stack and Tim. He said, Jimmy, you know, I want to get you to a playoff team, and, you know, I think you'll fit better. I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm talking to, you know, I got connections with San Antonio. Golden State's calling, but we don't really want to talk to them. Yeah. This is before a shoot around. Fast forward later, I even get a call, we're going to make a trade. I'm like, dog, I'm going to the <laughs> playoff team. It's about to be on. We're trading you to Golden State. I was like, wow. Wow. So my mind, when we talk about 
the loyalty stuff and yeah, all this yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got stories on stories of the personal conversations that people have within the organization to what people think they know. So I'm like to myself, I've been in league five, six years. Just either don't tell me mm-hmm. or tell me this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But don't give me the gray space in between. Like, like I'm going to a playoff team. You know what I mean? But that's yep. what happens in the league. Yep. That's why I think players see it with LeBron's perspective. Where, look, they're not loyal to me. Then it's a business for them. It's going to be a business for me. Now, I will say this. Lakers were very loyal to Kobe. Yeah. Rare definitely, instances, definitely. okay? Yep. They paid him. They knew it was going to hurt them salary-wise and it was going to set them back. But they didn't care because that organization, Jeannie Buss and what her father done and mm-hmm. the love they mm-hmm. had for Kobe, they took the hit on that. They took yeah. the L on that because they were very loyal to him, yeah. which is rare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rich is rare. Yeah, I heard stories about guys, a GM telling guys, oh, oh don't worry, you ain't get Because, you know, they hear about the rumors. You ain't getting traded in there that night. Big time. I was in Golden State, and I got that year. Yeah. I was a free agent. Helped them get secure a draft pick because we won the number of games. I'm averaging like 21, 22. Yeah. I meet with Gary St. G. End of the year meeting. Oh, we want you to come back. Do you want to come back? I'm like, yeah. I mean, had a good time. Yeah. I think we can build something. Okay, we want to. Nah, 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 nah. Next thing I know, they signed Jason Caffey okay. for $35 million for a number of years. Didn't even go off me nothing. I'm like, why go through the whole process? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why yeah. go through the whole process of BSing yeah. <laughs> if that ain't the case? But that's how that's how they do. Yeah. So for me, I'm always with a player, be smart, but also understand that it's no such thing as loyalty. Very, and again, the Very half a percent of, of what Kobe, you know, what they did with Kobe. Yeah. Other than that. So what do you, and you don't tell guys what they should do. I mean, they do what they want. But basketball-wise, what do you think would be the best move for Paul George next summer? So let's say they go to the second round, you know, get beat, maybe a tough series in the second round. Just just being a player. And probably I I can put myself in his shoes. What is this? This is his. It's about his eighth eighth or or ninth year. He hasn't accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. I got a chance to go to a team that I can be the main source. That's going to weigh heavily on this decision. They get to a championship, that's one thing. They get to the Western Conference Finals, we saw Durant leave after Western Conference, so that don't really hold a lot of weight. Okay? I still think he, Paul George, think about this. Paul George came in as a relative unknown, even though he went high in the draft. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw Paul George in that same echelon of players. He's still below LeBron and KD, but he's in that next group. Nobody saw it. So you catapult yourself to the stardom, but you're still teetering because you're not getting the respect because you're not winning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you get a chance to go to OKC. You may win, but you're that second guy. So now it flips. Yep. Okay? Yep. So how do you get that balance back where you're the guy and you're winning? Well, you go to a team that may be up and coming that can give you that. Now, you're not for sure that the winning's going to happen, mm-hmm. but you know right here where you're currently at, you ain't going to be the number one guy. You know that for sure. What's more important to guys? And I it know depends. it's different. It depends. Okay. It depends. It depends on who you are and where you're at in your career. When you're young, you, you feel like you've got to prove yourself. Yeah. And being a man, meaning i got to prove myself. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Which you do. You want to get that max deal. Yeah. You want to become an all-star. All-star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So winning it. has, is balanced with, I got to make sure I get mine. In yeah. the, and my thing is you, you got to be selfish, trust me, to be good. But you got to be selfish in the right way where it doesn't hurt your team. Okay. Okay? That's the difference. We all selfish into some mm-hmm. aspect. You selfish in your career yeah. as far as broadcasting. Yeah. Hey, listen, you want to be the best. You want to see yourself in the, in the top seat. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You, in order to be the best you can be, you got to push yourself and be a little selfish mm-hmm. to say what you want. It's no different than a basketball player. So when people talk about being selfless, Come on, man, stop it. Yeah. There's you you, no exactly. way you're going to be able to be the guy you want to be without having some selfishness. But it just can't spill over and hurt the team. Do you think there – I mean, because the Lakers got Ingram and Kuzma. Yeah. I, some people throw out the notion, well, they don't need Paul George. Do you feel there's any truth to that? Well, Paul George, even though some people say he can't close, and who's your closer for the Lakers? I think right now it looks like they go to Ingram. And he's actually delivered a few times. But my, you can play, though, in today's NBA, you can play those three together, right? George, Kuzma, and Ingram? Yeah. With you Lonzo? Put, you put, you put, if you put Ingram at the four, yep. Kuzma at the three, George at the he two. Because exactly. Kuzma is more of a guy, too, I think. This is why I love him. I compared him like a Draymond Green. He may not be your best player, mm-hmm. but he's your most valuable player. Because I think Ingram is going to be able to do this a lot more. Yeah. Yep. Really just trick it up. Kuzma's going to be the guy cutting back door, tip, defense, rebound, doing all those things that make the team better, like Draymond Green does. Mm-hmm. You can't game plan around him because he's not just this kind of. Yeah, you can try to make him shoot the jump shot, but damn, you know what? He's crashing the board. Yeah. He's getting the steal. He's taking the charge. He's doing all these other things that make the team, yep. you know, very good. Yep. So I think he may end up coming, if he, you know, they keep it together, their most valuable player, okay. just the way he plays. Okay, okay. Now, I asked you what George, you think the best move for him. Yeah. What about LeBron? Best Boy. move for him this summer. Boy. My best move would be staying in Cleveland. Stay. When Because he got I, so much control. Yeah. You know, everything. And they're close. They're, they're, Are they they're, close? They're close. Who go beat them? You you talking about Boston still? Yeah, they with, got the with East Tatum and Brown, young. Bring Gordon Hayward yeah. back. That's fine. They're still young, especially yeah. this year. Yeah. Okay. If he goes where, you going to Houston? Trust me, he gonna play for Mike and be upset about the little stuff. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, because even though he, LeBron, he's such, come on, he's man, right. he's because he's not gonna settle for mediocrity, yeah, that's and that's point. what. Mike gives you from a defensive perspective and execution, and he doesn't hold anybody accountable. Mm-hmm. Okay, great to play for. <laughs> so, where do you where do you go that gives you he the won't control? Go to San Antonio. You don't get control at all. Now, I've said I think if LeBron had played for a Pat Riley, a Greg Popovich, early or Phil, early, probably early. But to be honest, at any point in his career, I think he'd have more rings. Because I think they would have been able to really coach him. Yeah. Well, you, know you think about I mean? when he came in, it was Silas. Yep, Silas then, who was it, Mike Brown? Was Mike Brown afterwards. Yep. Yep. So Silas was kind of on his way out. Mike was coming in, so he had to adhere. Yeah. And he had to, And Mike was more of a defensive-minded coach. Yep. He got this, this unbelievable talent. I haven't coached at a high level. He doesn't probably have the respect for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. I think he would have been more disciplined. They would have probably formed the team a little bit differently too. That, mm-hmm. Those early years in Cleveland, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. So, 
I had a chance to, and I know playing for those coaches, what it's like being held accountable. Pat Riley, yeah. just going at Alonzo. What was, tell me some Riley story. Oh like, man, I mean, I mean, one, I had the hardest practice in my career with Pat Riley. We got drilled by Utah one game and man, we came out, heart rate monitors on the elliptical on the machines, half an hour, 45 minutes, that, and then we had a three hour practice. <laughs> no, no. And when I say three hours, let's go back to basketball camp. Slide, slide, <laughs> charge drills, three on three stuff. I mean, passing. I mean, unbelievable. I said, man, this is the league. Didn't matter. I was going to, you said that this is the league. Why, how does a coach get that much respect? And I know his magic and Kareem right? and That's win. why. Okay, because that's why. What's to stop a dude making 15 million a year? I'm the superstar from saying, man, I ain't with this and leaving. Because he had Mickey Erickson, it was, it was Mickey, and it was him. No player was gonna get in between them. Okay. Why? Why you think LeBron left? Yeah, I know. Right. There go <laughs> your question. Control that. Now, yeah. and Pat wasn't even a coach, but Pat's yeah. the president. Yeah. Eric Spoelstra's coach. Mickey Erickson is right there. So, that's how powerful a Pat Riley is. That's how powerful a Greg Popovich Pop. is. Did you say you did you? you didn't I didn't play, play for Pop. Pop. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yep, that's yep, yep. that's why you can't break that seal, that. so to speak, because you can't you can't break that. So if a coach has the I mean, obviously those guys have won. Right. But if a coach has the full backing of ownership and the front office, he's gonna be at the coach. Yeah. In most cases. Yeah, he's gonna be the coach. Because he gotta feel that he can do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But rarely do you do you have it where the organization is built that way in order to do it. Because you always got something general managers leaving. Yeah. You know, think about the turnover. You didn't, you didn't have a lot of turnover in Miami. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> San Antonio, you don't have turnover. So when you walk in the door, it's like my Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> that's right. You don't know turnover. New England Patriots. Yep. You know what it yeah, is when you come point. in. I don't care who you are. You don't, yeah. you don't think Bill Belichick in his mind thought about Garoppolo, we got to get rid of Brady. I don't care if he got two more years. That, I'm sure. Yeah. But who upstairs said, no, you're not getting rid of it. But yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. there hasn't been the change in ownership in general manager and coaches, so the culture is already set. A lot of our teams in the league go through culture changes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of those moves. So when people come in, there's nothing set in stone. Yeah. And a player, a lot of times, had autonomy to do what the heck they want to do. Now, Phil was different, right? Phil yeah. wasn't a hard-driving coach. No. I, I, more, what was more that? More philosophical. Like? Yeah. More off. He kind of let his coaches, Brian Shaw, Ram, Rambis, kind of do their thing. But ironically, just how, just how philosophical. You know, you heard about getting books. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We're playing the Suns in the, in the playoffs, and we go to a film the session. The year you were talking about. Yeah, I'm okay. talking about this is the 06 year, yeah. 05, 06. Like 3 1. And the way he broke down the game tape. So it was a movie Denzel was in. Uh, I forget the other actor, it was about a bank robbery. Yeah, inside, inside, inside man, inside man, inside yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what happens is, so we're breaking down the game. Play, play, play. Something happens in the game. Bam! It goes to a clip of Inside Man. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but within that clip, it may have been like, say, say, the play was, well, you didn't trust the pass to get it to that person. That clip may show something in there where you need to trust yeah, yeah, who you're yeah, working yeah, with. Yeah. Or, see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it comes yeah. back to the game. Then there's another clip. Then the part of the movie has something to do with that clip. That's how Phil was. Okay. So okay. it's almost like being a parent. You got to be tricky. Yeah. 
Because yeah. my son thinks he knows everything and I don't know nothing. <laughs> so if I tell him something, oh, that's his dad. He's just talking. Yeah. But if he hears it from somebody else or in another way, he absorbs it, it differently. Yeah. The same thing with how Phil was. Yeah, I heard his practices weren't hard. No. Or long. But it was but you had to concentrate and focus. Okay. So it was more the now again, I came in later in the season. Yeah. So I didn't get the breadth okay. of training camp and early on. Later in the season, you know, you scale back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was always the mental part of what we need to do within the triangle, how we need to read this. It was more that. That what was you ran the triangle with Quinn Buckner in Dallas yeah. and then with Phil Jackson. Oh, man. What was the difference? So I, I can even remember what we ran in Dallas. Seriously, because <laughs> it, it was way more intricate. Yeah. And the, the number of offshoots and possibilities and options and reads um, and I had to learn in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, is it wasn't even a comparison. We were running the skeleton part of yeah, that exactly. triangle with Quinn compared to, you know, so with Phil. So if you had to say who the best coach you played for was I who? Can't, I mean, you know what? Um, they're all different, man. Jeff was the mold of Pat, yeah. but with that dry sense of humor, you hear him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. wasn't as did hard. Did he use that as a coach? Because oh, he didn't yeah. use that with the media. I know when he, he did, was a but coach. he was he was he was good with it. Okay, you know, and but the good coaches all expect one thing: do your job. Or two, and be professional. Yeah. That's I mean, the the really great coaches hold you to that. Get everything, and when you have those two things that encompasses everything mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. be professional do your job right. that encompasses Showing whether you're nightlife or whatever you yeah. want to do or yeah. you know you come in to work out those two things encompass that so that's all i got to tell you yeah. if you're not doing that then we're gonna have a problem and those that's what those coaches you know did and they held pat riley larry brown jeff van gundy the best player to a standard too. Mm. So uh, if he's yelling at Lonzo, at Tracy, at AI, I don't stand a chance because yeah. you know because yeah. now. But that's that's what you want. That's, that's what, what you want. I had a I won't name the name. But I had a coach tell me he went to his best player. This is an all star, pretty all star right. player. He went to him like before practice or something and told him like, look. I'm going to jump on you today because I got, mm-hmm. you know, it, like yeah. it, it might not be real, but I'm going to get in your ass today be, so they can see it yeah. and set that tone. Mm-hmm. No, know? coach, you do that. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, the really good ones and the player understands it. Yeah, you let because, it go. And they got that relationship. But you, you got to have some kind of accountability. And that was one of my issues with OKC early on. With Scott, and Scotty Brooks is a yeah, good friend yeah. of mine. No, no accountability. That wasn't Scott, yeah. That wouldn't – so – in late game situations when you need to be as disciplined as you can be and get on your players, if you haven't had it to that point, they're going to go off on their own tangent and do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And you can't reel them back in. Where Pat Riley, you see a Greg Popovich when Tim does something wrong or, or, yeah. or, or um, Manu does something wrong. Tony Parker, you see him getting in it mm-hmm. and they can't do nothing but this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Then everybody else knows. Yep, yep. Last question. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it's, me. It's kind it wasn't of... me. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. I, I thought, ab- there. I thought about it. <laughs> um, some debate now seems to be between who's the best player in the world now. Is it LeBron, 
Or is it Kevin Durant? Stop it, man. I'm I'm with LeBron by here though. Yeah. I think it's getting closer. No, it's good. Yeah, because LeBron getting older too. Yeah, true. Of course, it should. <laughs> it should. If LeBron is in his 15th year and KD, what is this? His 10th, 10th. or not 11th? I think. Yeah. 11th? Okay. Supposed it should be because yeah. KD is that kind of talent. Yeah. Okay. It should. We should be saying is a 1A and 1B. But it's ironic that that 1A is in his 15th year. Exactly. That's unbelievable. Can you imagine this? I can imagine. If I never got hurt, a significant injury. Where my career, I'm not gonna say I'd be LeBron yeah, yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. but I can just imagine. I, in my mind, yeah. I'm LeBron. I'm the, you know what I mean. In my mind, yeah. not being hurt. That is, in today's game, how hard they play with the and the training aspect. Yeah, it gets you better, but you're training a lot more, so mm-hmm. you're putting more wear and tear in your body at an earlier age too. Mm-hmm. Come on, 15 you, you, you haven't. Had significant, and you're yeah. still playing. Now he does have a quick first step. Yeah. He sometimes he has a problem finishing at times, yeah. but that's 15 years. Exactly. But you're still saying that he's slightly above KD, the best, other best, the player. other best yeah, player yeah, yeah. who's like really in his prime. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, and, and I and, love KD. And you can't. People say, well, because he came out of high school. No, because there's a lot of guys that came out of high school and their careers end early. They might play 10 or 12 years. But, but not at no, they in like McGrady. Yep. Uh Andrew Curry. Andy Curry. Al Harrington had a long career, but st- you know, like a lot but, of But guys even on the back out, end, give Jermaine Kevin O'Neal. Kevin Durant. On the back end of his career, he slowed down. You can see the difference. Yo, Garnett. Yeah, Garnett. yeah, yeah. You yep. can see it when he was in yep. Boston near the end. You oh, can yeah. see the no difference question. even yep. when he went back to Minnesota. Yep. But no this question. dude is still yeah, it's, it's, at a I, I think he might be from Ju- Jupiter or Mars somewhere. <laughs> Seriously, man. Seriously. Nah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, and you can have that debate. I just love it because what he's done for the game, and again, you don't have to be a LeBron James to understand the impact on what he's done in regards to the social um, content that he's brought, mm-hmm. the awareness, the ability for players to say, I can be an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah in my space and still play. Whereas when I played, it was taboo to yeah. want to do something else outside of the sport. Yeah, He's yeah. opened up all these avenues for people to be able to emulate that. Yeah, You know what I mean? In their own way. And they are. And the so, trying it, yep. and I tell people all the time, if you're listening to this, watching this, you take greatness for granted until it's gone. Okay? Because we're seeing this, we're so accustomed and we're so used to it. And now it's like, well, LeBron, I'm tired of how can you be tired of greatness? Mm. You get tired of it, then when it goes away, you start thinking. That's why we we relished the Michael Jordan years. Yep. Yep. Because we're so accustomed to that greatness, and we took it for granted. And now that it's gone, we wish we could relive mm-hmm. a lot of that. Well, enjoy it. The Golden State Warriors, how they play. That's greatness. You know what I mean? Yeah. LeBron James, of what he's able to do. Stop knocking this hustle on other stuff and yep. enjoy what he's doing and appreciate it. We gonna miss it. There's what? no question. I mean, fortunately, it looks like it's gonna be here for a little while longer. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be here for a little while longer. <laughs> Jim Jackson, Come on, man. man. OH in the dive, baby. Yes, we gotta right. do this again. OH10. <laughs> O-H-I-O, oh, I should say. That, that, I'm, I'm uh, embarrassed. Come on, OH in the dive. All right, peace. All right, of course, we bring in my man. I'm back. J Mac. What do you want to do? The Happy handshake? New Year. You wanna do the boom. You wanna... yeah, we need was... a handshake like LeBron, dude. We need to get something. I like how the Cavs do that. She only does handshakes with teammates. Oh. You're an enemy. Wow. As I'm about to show What's you. What's so weird is 
Chris, all these people on, on the comment section are telling me I'm about to go back to back this week. Like Jordan 9697. I'm gonna go McIntyre December January. Won? Yeah, people are saying I'm killing you, dog. Really? You better step up your game. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to Knockdown yes. Jay. First of 2018, you had a good New Year? I had an excellent New Year. How about yourself? Great. Yeah. Tremendous. Nice and warm back out here in L.A., right? Yes. Okay. The weather's nice. Uh, I was cold in New Jersey and New York, but it was good to be with Dirty Jersey. All right, let's get started, Chris. Uh, Isaiah Thomas should be returning to Boston tonight with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but he may not go. He Probably apparently gonna isn't going to play. Uh, well, he played on, last we, night. Because this is coming out. It's coming out after the game. So you don't want to say that. So I'll just say Isaiah Thomas. Just say he, just, just go to Diddy. Yeah, let's do it over. Okay. Because it was a little, it was getting a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, knockdown, Jay. I forgot the title on it. Okay. All right, here we are uh, once again for Knockdown Jay with my man, Jason McIntyre. Happy New Year, Happy man. Happy New Good Year, Chris. You. Good to be you back. You're looking better in 2018. Well, a little fly this you year. You looked a little sloppy oh, in 2017. Now you're looking better. I'm trying to step up better. my game, man. New right, Year's resolution. That's the resolution? Yes, okay. that's one of you them. You should. The other one should be to try to hold your own in Knockdown Jay because okay. I've been knocking you down. You like have been. But Tyson I get back up every prime. time. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, what you got for me? All right, so uh, I want to get started with Isaiah Thomas. The big story this week in the NBA Cavs at Boston, Isaiah returns, and the big story was the tribute video for Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Chris, I, I got to say, this was puzzling to me. One of the most storied franchises in NBA history, most titles in the league, and you're giving a tribute video to a guy who spent two and a half years there and didn't get to a, a championship, didn't win anything, well, wasn't the MVP of the league, Chris. I, I like Isaiah Thomas. I know he's revered in Boston. I don't think he deserved a tribute video. Well, they didn't give him the tribute video, but they will. They said they plan to in the future. He didn't want it because his family wouldn't be there. I get it. In most cases, you wouldn't give a tribute video to a guy who's only been there two years, especially if he didn't lead you to a championship, especially go. in Boston, where, as you said, it's all about titles. However, okay. looking at what he did last year, Basically 29 points a game, second most points per game in, in Boston Celtics history behind Larry Bird. When you consider the great players they've had play there, he was second. That's something to shout about. Okay, if you a nice standing right. ovation. Fifth in MVP voting right. last year. Leads them to the number one seed over LeBron James in the Eastern Conference. Leads them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Plays one day after his sister yes. is tragically killed in an auto accident. Scores 33 points in that game. Then, oh, not even a month later, on what would have been her 23rd birthday, drops 53. I remember that game. And he's 5'9". Yes. So I think all of that plus the emotion that he showed when he was traded. I mean, it hurt him. He loved being in Boston. It had become his team. The fans loved him. I think all of that conspired to lead the Celtics to do this tribute okay. video. I'm with you. Look, don't retire his number. That would be ridiculous. Uh, well, that was going to be my next thing. No, Are you no, going to no. retire his number no, at this No, no. If this was a retirement, jersey retirement or something like that, I'd be with you. But a video tribute. Okay. It's not a big Did deal. Did Kyrie Irving a video get tribute. a tribute video? With well, Kyrie demanded a trade. Kyrie Irving hit the most, one of the most clutch shots in the organization's history. 
in Game 7 of the NBA he Finals. He wanted out. He demanded a trade. Like, that's a totally okay, different thing. Enough. Isaiah Thomas loved being in Boston, didn't want to go. Kyrie demanded a trade. Okay, so Paul George spent six or seven years in Indiana, got to two Eastern Conference Finals. Demanded also, a trade. So I mean, you, come on. So that's where you draw the line. It's if you the difference between okay. you broke up with me. You dumped me. So, they, they dumped their franchises. Kevin Durant that's had an amazing if, if, run if, if, if in you, OKC. You dumped me. That's what happened. So, okay, so if you leave voluntarily or ask to be traded, no tribute video. And if you get traded, you'll get a tribute video. When are we going to see the Zach Levine, Zach Levine, however his name's pronounced, are we going to see a video tribute for him in Minnesota? He won you, two dunk you, contests. Are you comparing? Okay, so you comparing winning no, a dunk I was, contest? I was kind of joking, yeah, but I'm saying like because you got nothing left. Jimmy Butler. You ready no, to move no, no, on? No, no, no. I'm not ready to move destroyed Jimmy, your Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Does he get a tribute video in Chicago? He may. Well, what? I, I mean, don't know. Have they been? Back? They probably been back. I'm sure. I don't know if he did. I guess he I, didn't. That's a fair question. Like, I, 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 I would just, not. Chris, I, I would not give. I don't. You know, if they gave Jimmy Butler a tribute video, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It's just. It's a video. It's again. It's not a jersey retirement. It's not giving him but a at trophy. But Isaiah Isaiah's being very petty about this. Like, how's he? Being you petty? guys kicked me to the curb. Oh, uh, uh, he could have come back tonight. His first game against Boston. But he said, "Oh no, I'm going to come back against the Blazers and I'm going to skip the Boston game." And then the well, next time, all, the Cavs. I, doubt, on, the I think it's time, more on the Cavs than it is on. Well, Isaiah. the next time the Cavs go to Boston, it's the Paul Pierce uh, okay. ceremony, so they can't do Isaiah then. I, it just seems like Isaiah's ma- making too much out of this. Maybe Wait, it's me. All, and I don't, it is you. I'm not hating on Isaiah. It is you. Because I think it's more on the Cavs deciding when he's going to play than it is on Isaiah. I mean, look, this is a guy that, as I said, played on the birthday of his sister who was tragically killed. I, I get, I this is a guy who's 5'9 and has to overcome all those obstacles to be a great player. This is a guy that played through a hip injury that was far worse than anybody knew, and you're going to question his mental toughness? Because that's not, what you're questioning. I'm not, I'm not. When you question that he oh, couldn't go back it. to Boston, what, he couldn't face him? Well, he's what? already said he, he cannot stand Danny Ainge. He may never talk okay, to him again. But that's got nothing to do with your mental toughness. You don't toughness. think it's being petty? He should want to get out there I, and battle the I don't care about being team. petty. I care about are you mentally tough. And this guy is shown time and time I mean, again see, that's the he problem. is You're mentally tough. You're making me out tough. to be an Isaiah Thomas hater, and that's not true. I like him. I just have an issue with tribute videos. And I draw the line at two and a half years in Boston not winning jack squat. And let's they, move they on. had let's the number on. one seed. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Shock uh, Ky- Kyrie. What, what else? Ky- uh, how about Kyle I hope, Lowry? I hope he I got hope, a tribute video. I hope your huh? next argument is Jeez. better than your first. All right, let, let's get to the next one. Um, Knock down. I know Jay. you are. Get up, Jay. I Jay, <laughs> get up, Jay. I know you you're right? a Cleveland guy. You are Mr. Ohio. I live there. You know, you uh, all listen. city in basketball. All city. Wow. I did Woodley not know Jim. that. Can we look that at Cleveland State team just to confirm that? Um. I know you love LeBron. I love LeBron. I enjoy watching him. I said, I believe last time, this is the best season LeBron's ever had. But it's right not, now, man. Chris, right now, he's not the best player in the NBA. The better, better, the best player in the NBA right now is Kevin Durant. The better offensive player, Kevin Durant versus LeBron. Kevin Durant. The better defensive player, Kevin Durant versus LeBron. Kevin Durant. The more clutch player who dominated in the finals in the fourth quarter when it mattered. 
Kevin Durant. He's playing fewer minutes than LeBron, so don't come at me with points <laughs> per game, okay? He's playing fewer minutes. He is right now Kevin Durant, the best player in the so NBA. So are you saying Kevin Durant's better than LeBron, period? Like, right now. Because you're, you said this is the best season of LeBron's career. But, well, and that's if the best it, season of his career, he's not even the best player in the league. Then that no, must mean the you best think season Kevin when you take into account his teammates and his age and his durability. But when you're just saying the best player in the NBA right now, okay, Kevin Durant's the best. player. First of all, it's not LeBron's best season. We've already talked about that because defensively, he's not close to what he used to be. He's actually a negative defensive real plus minus. Okay. So clearly, he's not the defender he used to be. It's close. I'll give you that. Like for the first time in about a decade, it's close. I think, I think, no, seriously. I mean, LeBron, LeBron's been the best player in the league. <laughs> Unanimous MVP, Steph Curry. Sorry. Sorry, I clear that. MVP doesn't, was Russell, is Russell Westbrook the best player in he the league? He wasn't unanimous. Still, it doesn't matter. You're Proceed not saying, with your argument. Okay, you, try to, try nobody to, try thought to Steph was down. the best player in the league. All right, he was MVP. There's a difference. Here's the deal. It is close for the first time in about a decade. But I, I think it's, they're neck and neck. But I would give LeBron still the slight edge. Here's why. But first, let me give you Durant, Durant's advantages. He is a better defender at this stage of his career. Lead He's third most in the blocks league, in the NBA. Third in the league in blocks Locks per game. game. Yeah. I, I give him mad credit with LeBron's age and Durant stepping it up on the defensive end. He is a better defender. He's obviously a better shooter. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And while LeBron, you know, his statistics bear out that he is a clutch guy, I would rather have the ball in Durant's hands if I got a last play because he's just a better shooter. Unstoppable. And LeBron likes to take a three at the end of the game, and I'd rather have Durant taking that three than LeBron. However, here's why I would take LeBron James. Number one, LeBron still controls the tempo of a game unlike anybody in the league, period, the end. Look at the score of that game on Christmas Day, 99-92 Golden State. Low-scoring game, one of the Golden State's lowest-scoring games of the year. Curry didn't Why? play. Curry didn't. But but still, they were running up they were a ton, tons of points even without Curry. The difference is that against LeBron, he's the one player in the league. Player, Spurs can do it. Grizzlies have done it. But one player in the league that can slow the Warriors down and make them play a slower game. He did it in 2015 without Kyrie and Love when they almost won that finals. He did it in 2016 when they did win the finals. So Durant cannot control the tempo of a game like LeBron can. Secondly, we know, it's not even a question, LeBron is a far better facilitator and passer. Yes, no doubt. Now, Durant did do an admirable job of kind of running the team when Steph was out. I think he's averaging five assists per game. That's okay. better than admirable. LeBron averages, is averaging nine yes, this LeBron's year. LeBron's a better LeBron passer, for his yeah. career averages close to eight. So, again, he's getting more guys involved, more of a facilitator. And while Durant is a better shooter, without question, LeBron is far, far more efficient. It's not even close. LeBron James is shooting 56% from the floor with Kevin Love as his second option. In other words, without any other teammate who can create his own offense, LeBron's shooting 56-57%. Durant, check this out, without Steph, Durant was shooting 46% from the field. He shot over 50% or 50% or better in only four of the 11 games 
without Steph. I was at the Lakers game where Durant hit the great game winner. Yeah, but but prior to that, my that. goodness, it was eye-opening how tough it was for him to get his buckets. And he got dunked on by your boy Larry Nance. By Larry Nance, <laughs> yeah. For, for him to get his buckets. Durant has always had the luxury of playing with another, a point guard who is a tremendous shot creator. Westbrook. You got to pay attention to Westbrook. Steph. You obviously have to pay attention to Steph. So Durant's had that luxury. Without one of them, i.e. in LeBron's situation, he's, he's not fine. that efficient of a score. 46, 47% is, is good, yeah. but it's not tremendous like LeBron. Finally, Durant's per, P-E-R. Mm-hmm. I know you're a big P-E-R guy. I'm not a big P-E-R okay. guy. 24.9, I What's think. LeBron, 30? LeBron's 30. LeBron's second in the league. Durant's 12th in the league. Second on his own team. Steph is fourth in the league at 29. I would make the argument. Now, Kevin Durant is the Warriors' best player. Best player. But I would say their most important player is Steph Curry because of the way he stretches the defense. Mm -hmm. They play that fluid ball movement, player movement offense when Steph's in there. When Steph was gone, they weren't playing that way. They were a lot more ISO, a lot playing like everybody else. So for all those reasons, you still give the I edge would to still LeBron. give the slight yeah. edge. It's close, but I would give the slight edge to LeBron. Yeah, it, it, and I think after very, what I just said, you would too. No, I mean, I, I would agree it's close. But uh, I just want to go back. I've never heard you that quiet. I, well, I, I mean, that, like, was, you, that was a lot. That was about that was three minutes. That was a good three-minute argument. I guess I want to go back to your second point was, you know, listen, he's, LeBron is playing with vastly inferior players, okay? He's passing to Iman Shumpert and Jose Calderon as his point guard. So from He's that perspective, I would agree. But when they go head-to-head, Chris, game three, Durant torched him He's in the gotten finals. He's the best Christmas of Day, yep. head-to-head, end of the game. Maybe there's a foul. We can argue that, but... Durant well, locked not, him no, down. We can't argue that. That's definitive. Oh, they missed the call. The, the refs admitted the foul. Whatever. I mean, come on. There's, I mean, it, it was a foul. Play in the it NBA was two, fi- two but, fouls on that play and a third foul with a minute ten. I, I just feel head to head right now. I give the edge to uh, two. He's seven gotten the best of him. Clearly, got the best yeah. of him on Christmas Day, and I do give Durant credit for taking the challenge. Of guarding LeBron. Because Draymond's your best defender. That's like me sitting in this chair. Nobody wants to battle you right. on NBA. And, you, and I'm I like, give you props I'm here. The I'm here. All right, let's move on to our final right. topic. Heavy on the Eastern Conference this week, Chris. Um, you know, we're looking at what's going on in the East. And I think, without question, there is only one threat to the Cavaliers. One. Not your Wizards. Not your 76ers. How's Joel Embiid doing? Is he all right? I'm just checking in. Okay. He's the man. He's, he's doing, the best he's doing big great. man in the league. Great. Period. So the only, the only threat to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East is the Boston Celtics, led by the best coach in the East, Brad Stevens, the best player outside of LeBron in the East, Kyrie Irving. Really? The most close. He's better than Adetokounmpo? Yes. What has Adetokounmpo done in the play- playoffs? Let me finish my argument. Best coach, best player, best bench, number one defensive efficiency team in the league in the Boston Celtics. And I believe when you add all that up, they are the only threat to the Cavs. There is no threat to the Cavs in the East. None. I'm sorry. No. Boston is not a threat at all. At all. They not will a get, threat at all. They will get waylaid in the playoffs. What, 4-3 or 4-2? At best, 4-2. At best. It will not be a the, – the series won't be in question. There won't be a point where we're like, oh, my. They might beat the – they're not the, – who's the best player in that series? LeBron. Okay. Who's the second best? Kyrie. Okay. Who's the third best? 
He's better than Kevin Love. I'm kidding. Okay, Kevin Love. No, no, or Isaiah Thomas. Or Isaiah Thomas, right? The Cavs have Thomas, three yeah. of the four best players in the series, right? Right. And they got the best player, and that player has a better supporting cast. So how are the Celtics beating? Well, Kyrie Irving because uh, of Brad that's, Stevens. That's a horrible argument, Chris, because you were here saying no, the that, Houston I'm just Rockets going have at a thirty percent chance. You go down the roster, the Warriors have like four of the best five players in that series. So. Listen, the Celtics I'm have the best shot. I'm just going at you, it a different you way. You don't want to look at the numbers, the defensive efficiency, the way okay. to slow them down. So it's Toronto's fifth in the league in defensive uh, and efficiency. And who's number one? The number one threat, the Celtics. And they have the better coach, Brad Stevens versus Ty Lue. Okay. That's a no-brainer. Again, Stevens last year, is better, by but the way, who's settling it? Last the players. Year, last year when they were going head-to-head, and the Celtics were vastly inferior last year. I don't even think it was close. Kyrie on the – Vastly yeah. inferior this year. So too. they win one game without – Isaiah Thomas. He didn't even play in that one. Marcus Smart went off. They went, and the you next game. You think the Cavs took that game seriously? I mean, seriously. The next game, They let Toronto get two games a year before. I mean, come on. What happened in the game after Boston won? It was neck and neck in the fourth quarter. Who took over? Who went bananas? Not LeBron. Kyrie Irving. Okay. They have, the Celtics okay. have the most clutch, I would argue the most clutch player in the NBA. I believe he's number two in the clutch points so far this season. LeBron, your guy's number one, obviously. But I. <laughs> but you would argue so he's who's the, who's most the biggest threat the to this? Who's the biggest threat to the Cavs? <laughs> you want to edit that point out? No, no, that, just, that stands. You just nullified his whole no, statement. Kyrie, the most clutch player in the East, is going to lead the one team that can challenge the Cavs, the Celtics. Look, I love Kyrie. So you're okay. saying the you Celtics can't even just, name they, a team? They aren't that good. You're that on the no, Cavs jock? Let me finish. You they, won't even name no, a team? I'm that down on the Eastern Conference. I'm sorry. It's a conference of pretty good and mediocre and bad teams. One, there's only one elite team in that conference, period, the end, and it's in Cleveland. Without Kyrie yet still, because Isaiah Thomas, I liked what I saw. Oh, 17 minutes. Hold me back, Chris. No, 17 uh, points. So 17 in points in 19, 19 minutes. minutes. Oh, my goodness. 19 minutes. But look, I, look, Holy cow. Isaiah the- Thomas could be out the rest of the year, and I still would have said the same thing. Cleveland is just better. LeBron James is still in his prime. He's not losing to two, a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old being the second and third best players or two of the best Four players we, if you want to give Al Horford some props. here to chart the time on this argument because I am going to revisit this in May when this series is heated oh, yeah, and it's 1-1 one, one, or right. it's 2-1. I me, am let telling me, you, let me get to some I other will points. ride with Tatum, Smart, Brown, Kyrie, Brad Stevens. That team is going to give LeBron all he can handle. Because remember, are they going to beat him? I believe it's a toss-up right now. Here's why, and, I, why? and I've argued this. Let me, let me tell LeBron, you LeBron, hold on. It's your podcast, but I need to interrupt. LeBron will have to go through, I believe, the Sixers, which is not going to be easy. Embiid, you're, you love Embiid. Not be Let's easy. throw a birthday party for not Embiid. Not going to be easy. Ben Simmons and Embiid's going to give him some problems. Then Giannis News in round flash. two. Rookies don't win in the I NBA. know, but it ain't going to be a okay. cakewalk. And then in round two, Giannis, who I believe is the best 23 and under player in the league. And then when they're a little worn down, this isn't the Hawks and the Joker Raptors. This is real. Young, good, talented players are going to push LeBron in the first two rounds. Boston is going to be there to challenge him. I think it's a toss-up. First toss of up. all, you have no idea how the seeding's going to play out. Well, I mean, in a perfect world. Philadelphia's in a not perfect even world. in the playoffs. They're going to get in. Who knows if Detroit's Boston will get on? the first seed. Can we do I mean, a segment on Detroit, Stan Van Gundy? Can I? I mean, so, so that argument, come on. Look, here's the deal. Boston got hot, started off 22-4, was great. Late, since then, they've been 8-6. and six. Yep. They are Schedule closer. Been brutal. They are closer to the Back. eight and six team oh. 
than they are okay. to a 22 if or 14. I've got to pull out a gun and put now, it to your head and say, who is the number one contender to the Cavs in the East? Who is it? There is none. Oh, stop. Now, I will say this. Okay, Boston, Toronto, Washington, they're all on the same level. Toronto's got one of the best defensive in the, defenses in the league, fifth, I told you, in defensive efficiency, a better backcourt. Kyle Lowry is a very good defender. And I hadn't been great in the playoffs, but he he will give Kyrie, I you know, do, he'll make Kyrie but think work. think about this. When you see Toronto take finish, the court against finish. LeBron, these guys wet their pants, dude. And Boston didn't. so embarrassed And Boston year. didn't. Boston got a game Boston, off of them. Boston a, game a game that Cleveland basically gave oh, away. Okay. And it's even like getting the game. Warriors so, gave away a game in the fine, finals. There you go, fine. LeBron. Here's some charity. That's fine. Okay. I mean, it's don't tell me a game. They, don't brag about a, going five with somebody. Toronto. That's what you're doing. Okay. Toronto has been to the Eastern Conference Finals with this crew, with this backcourt of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. They went to the second round last year. They are playoff experienced. I'm just saying they're on the same level as Boston. They won 14 of their last 17, have played better than the Celtics for the past month. You're, you're so Washington just lately. beat the Celtics. Celtics 8 and 6 Those in their last 14. Those two teams have the best what back. What the Rockets 1 and 5 in their last 6? What are you bringing that up about your boys? Huh? Huh? Look, I think Toronto and Washington are right there with the Celtics. They're Washington. all three, they're all three on the same Washington? level. Yeah. Why? They're all three on the same level. Cause they got a they got a better backcourt. They got a very good backcourt, and then both of them got a couple of you know solid role players, or now a couple of few solid role players. Okay, I'm not saying they beat Boston. So I'm just saying they're just on that level. Just to put a button on it, can you give me your pecking order? Boston, Toronto, Washington, in order. I probably. Right now, I give Boston a slight. Boom! A, well, no, but this I'm, is why I'm but here. I, but I'm not giving them. They're not a threat, though. If you want to say they're the second best team in the East slightly over Toronto, although Toronto's very close and they're charging and I want to see how it plays out, and then Washington is fourth, I'm fine with that. My problem is saying Boston is a legitimate threat, saying Boston's got a – it's neck and neck and they got a shot. They don't. Okay. They don't. What about Milwaukee? You haven't mentioned them at all. I mean, what? Giannis, Bledsoe. They could, they, they could be a spoiler, When's maybe Jabari upset Parker somebody. coming back, uh, you know, sometime in 2019 or something. All right, look, man, we might find out tonight at least something. Yeah. You know, maybe your boys will play them tough, you know. I didn't hurt you there, did I? No, no, you got some <laughs> guns, though. I'll give you that. You know, maybe Boston will play them tough tonight. Maybe they beat them. If, if Boston wins tonight, do you think that means they're I, better? I will never be that than the guy Cavs? who takes a December or January win and puts any stock in it. Sorry, that's not okay. how I roll. You'll take two December no, wins. No, please. All right, but anyway, good job, man. Look, you're looking good in 2018. Thank you. Thank you. I hope this is a new trend. This is a new Jason You'll dress better in 2018. Yes, Because yes. you whack. I'm going to wear an NBA jersey next week. I was, about, I was about to take you off the zone just based oh. on the way you dressed in 2017. Who are you going to replace me with? I don't know. Ain't Nobody want to sit Somebody up here and challenge you. Gear. True, true. <laughs> but anyway, thanks a lot, man. Great thanks job. Another me. episode of Knockdown J. And in the zone in general, remember, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us five stars if you like what you hear. And we'll, of course, be back next week with another episode of In the Zone.